stories and narratives that we tell ourselves. And the, and when you free yourself from those, those negative narratives and you realize that opportunity is, is through fear. Like you won't get anything that you want in life. You will never feel, I'm gonna be bold and say you won't feel satisfaction in life if you are unwilling to push past fear. Are you looking to take charge of your life? Would you like to learn how to become a master of your mind and body to make better decisions? Welcome to Vibe, Mind, Body and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Binky Lumba, a real estate investor. I love connecting with people and educating them on how to create a passive income stream. And I am Raju Datla, and I help realtors, real estate investors increase their revenue. I also enjoy connecting with people and building long-term relationships. We bring industry professionals, thought leaders, and experts to discuss how our mind and body plays a big role in our daily decisions, big or small. Through this podcast, our purpose is to make people aware and educate them to make wise decisions for their investments and take correct steps towards their entrepreneurial journey. Are you ready for a great episode? Please keep listening. We have a free gift for you at the end. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our show. Good afternoon, everybody. Today, our special guest is Julie Holly, Director of Investor Management. Julie is a founder of Three Keys Investment. She helps people find their freedom through multifamily real estate investing so that they can live the life of their dreams. Julie started her career as a public school teacher and invested in single family homes, house hack before she founded Three Keys Investment. She managed properties and passively invested in multifamily assets. Currently, Julie is passively invested in nearly 300 doors. She has a podcast, Ask Me How I Know, where she brings multifamily stories of struggles to success and is designed to fuel the mind and soul through weekly interviews with industry leaders, as well as mindset episodes. She loves backcountry mountain biking with family and friends, baking delicious treats to share with others, and writing grants for 9B trials, a local nonprofit, and leading book clubs to stimulate minds and build community. Welcome, Julie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> Welcome, Julie. So it's an interesting journey, seems like. So let's get to that, right? Right. Why you went to the teacher path and somehow deviated from that. The way I got to both of my paths, which I call parallel careers, is that um, my parent, I followed both of my parents. So I'm like the, the baby of a family and all of that. So my dad was in residential real estate and my mom was a school teacher. Oh. And I actually wasn't going to follow their paths. I was in college, I was on a business route and I was determined as a uh, rock climbing and women in rock climbing, that was a very new thing. And so I thought um, they didn't have the, the right gear for women when I started rock climbing. And so I was going to form Granite Daisies and I actually went to intern at a um, local company that's a, a big company in the industry. And I was going to learn how to have my own female, like women's clothing line of company. 
And all that to say, I was driving down the road on my lunch break one day, driving home to have lunch. And all of a sudden, I just had this very clear voice, which sounds really wild to a lot of people just say to me, you need to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with my belief system, that is like, I, the only time I've heard God, the voice of God, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I need to be a teacher. I went home and I dropped all my classes and I re-enrolled and it was really dicey because of where we are at in the semester. And, um, just, I, followed that path that I believe God had for me. And next thing you know, I, I graduated early and a lot of went through a lot of hoops and hurdles, but it all came about. And um, that really built a lot of my mindset for moving forward and, and trusting processes and trusting your faith in whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started teaching when I was at the very young age of 22 years old. <laughs> and then I, in my mid twenties, after teaching a few years, I realized I had this other drive inside of me that I'd been suppressing. And that was that business side of me. Mm. And I thought I'm in a position right now where I just have my own self to take care of. And if something were to go sideways and it didn't work out, Mm. I'm not going to screw anybody else up. And so I decided to follow that other drive into the real estate world. And Mm. I left teaching and I jumped into residential real estate, did really great. It was super fun, but I wasn't prepared for that. So a lot of people think um, they want success and that they want financial success and that they can handle it. You have to be prepared to handle it. And so <laughs> if you're not ready to handle success, um, you, you it's not going to work out so great. So I, could real, I realized I wasn't turning into the person that I wanted to be. There, was, there were parts of me that were coming out that were very just quilly. We'll just call them like porcupine quills. And I'm like, this is not the kind of woman I want to grow into. And if I stay in this, I don't know how to not be this. And I didn't have these other outside influences available to me, to my knowledge, right? My limited understanding with the world. So I just thought, I think it's better for me to go back into education again. (laughs) I've always wanted to see a tangible output of like, I, I'm doing something with purpose and intention and I'm influencing the world in a really powerful, wonderful way. So I've just kind of done this like back and forth weaving between, uh, residential real estate and education. And then Mm -hmm. bada bing, I end up finding commercial real estate, specifically syndication. And that right there is what took both of my worlds and just like really braided them together in this beautiful way where I can see everything that I learned from, you know, teaching young children and, mm-hmm. and serving in that way to, wow, I can serve adults in this way. And when adults are successful, mm-hmm. then that trickles down to the children in their life. So I'm going to ask you this question. Real estate and education, both are in your DNA. Yes. From mom and dad. Yes. So going through that story, you said one thing, if you're not ready for success, it makes things harder for you. So what is the difference between then and now that you were not ready at that time for the success? That's the reason you went back to education. And now you feel you're ready for success. What is the difference? That's a, a fantastic question. Um, you know, what happened was, is that I didn't, I, I was into kind of muscling my way around. 
And so a little bit scrappy, very unrefined, always polite, always doing thing, you know, always in the right way and everything. But I could see that in my personal relationships, I was just becoming a very cranky person. Everyone else can fill in a female version for that word. And that was not who I wanted to become. And so I was noticing that internally, I was um, not managing that. Maybe because, maybe some arrogance was coming in. I could see these things in me shifting and I did not know how to respond to that. And I didn't have the people around me that I could see were doing this in a successful way that could be that I could invite into my life to be role models. And so it was like, I, the only way, I know that if I stay in this, I'm going to be financially successful. That was clear to me. I was, I was making huge financial gains and made more money than I could have ever made teaching in that period of time. Right. And, and that was great. And one of the things that you learn when you have financial success is it doesn't matter how much money you have, it's who you are. And that is what came to onto the table for me was, well, this is great. I really like having this money and I like the lifestyle that it can bring, that it brings into my life. However, who I am as a person and how I treat others in the world, that is more important than any amount of money. And so that was actually a very definitive moment in my entire life where even now I tell people I'm not money driven. I will always advocate and find the best deals for my investors and everything. And I am very protective about such things, but money isn't the drive. And this is where this stems from. It's who I am and who I am in the world and what I'm accomplishing. That is what's going, that's my drive. And so at that moment, that's what happened. It's like, I, I could continue to be financially successful and that would be great, but to be personally successful, which I value more. I'm not ready to go down this path. I need to, I need to get some more life experience. I got two questions. Okay. First question is, seems like you've been very introspective, listening to your inner voice. Where did that come from? I just had this natural love and faith in God from a very, very early age. And that was a very internal thing. And it wasn't so much my parents provided opportunities for me to, you know, engage my faith through going to church services and such. But outside of that, it was actually important to me, even as a, at, a, at a very early age. And so I think everybody is given um, their own gifts in life. And I think that one of the gifts that I've been given in life is that I just have a very sensitive nature towards listening to God that's just been with me. And, and so some people develop, you know, that such things throughout their life. It was just one of those blessings that I was able to, I've been able to enjoy from the very beginning, in my opinion. So um, yeah, so being able to be very introspective, and I think also birth order has a lot to do with that. (laughs) I have three older brothers. And so, you know, you learn how to look around and see what's going on. And how, how do I want my life? So well, the second question is, who are you? Because today something dawned on me and I realized I'm a set of programs. I know this, I've read this, but it dawned on me how much my life is run by set of programs. So who am I? I don't know. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on the day. So how do you define yourself? Who are you? Who am I? I? I just think I'm someone that is on this really incredible journey 
given a gift of life with the opportunity to serve others really well and honor God through that process. I don't necessarily see myself as external things as, oh, I'm an investor. Oh, I'm a mom or a wife. Like those are all just like labels that create ease for all of us. But who we are is always growing and being defined and refined throughout the process. And so as we journey through the dash on our, you know, on our tombstone, that's who we are. And we get to decide every single day, every moment of the day, we get to decide. So like who I, who I was, you know, this morning when I woke up, that might not be who I am this afternoon after we finish recording this podcast, because I might have some epiphany and that's going to alter. And so I think I don't put myself, I used to put myself in a very rigid box. And now I realize Mm-hmm. You know what? Be adaptable and be silly putty and let it stretch. <laughs> yeah. When did you have this realization though? I that's been an ongoing realization. So I would say that it really took a, a culmination in my late 30s. So I'm 44. I'm not afraid about throwing numbers out there. It's just a number, it doesn't define me. <laughs> so, but there is a benefit that you have as you go through life and you venture through. If you're willing to reflect back, you're able to see the subtle changes of the story of who you are becoming, and that allows you to better understand the direction that you want to move forward. And so you might make some slight pivots or shifts and like, oh, I better go, I, I like to say, you know, better go one degree over so that I stay on the course because I like, I want this particular outcome of this kind of person. <laughs> But to have that kind of realization, you need to have a, some level of awareness. So I would say that you're very gifted. I would say I would say so. I mean, I will say I wasn't I wasn't a normal kid. I mean, I did a lot of the normal kid things, but I did a lot of. Um, I was thinking very deeply, and I did not understand this until you know being at the age I am and having worked with so many students in my past. I can see that I was a, I fought on a very, a much deeper level than a lot of kids think. And I think I come from a family that is very thoughtful and reflective. Um, so I was probably exposed to a lot of that. But um, I think the moment I started accepting that it's okay to challenge what I believe, and it's okay for me to um, be exposed to a variety of things in the world. And, um, and that everything that you're exposed to every challenge. So I read a lot and I read outside of my comfort zone. So I'll read things that maybe don't necessarily align with my worldview, but it opens and exposes my mind to something else. And it either reaffirms and validates what I have, you know, inside of me, or, um, maybe I have a, a change of thinking of some sort. And so I think that just by nature of, going through that process, that that's probably what's allowed me to think in this way and to make those shifts. Reading is important. (laughs) Everybody needs to be reading (laughs) daily. It's a habit. Make it one. (laughs) Is that why it led you to the teaching? Because you were a very curious mind from the beginning? I am extremely curious, but no, the, t- the teaching part honestly was um, just really literally driving down the road. Like 
wow, I, I had thought about, I had considered teaching for years, but it was like, nope, I'm doing this. I'm going to have my own woman's clothing line and just that shift. So it's interesting if someone is listening to this and they're, they're at this point and you feel this pull to go a certain direction, like jump down the rabbit hole, you know? What if you don't? Like, what if I hadn't made that move? I, I mean, it's influenced my life so much. And and look, I've gone back and forth between different parts of real estate and education in so many different ways. Just because you choose one thing doesn't mean it's making another not a choice ever. So I think having that type of flexibility and thinking is very helpful because then you can go and explore the world in a lot of different ways. It's not like, well, if I do that, I'll never get to do that. It's very rarely like that. So many people are allowing the outside voices in their life to tell them how to do things. And it's like, you are the person that is best equipped because internally, whether you share my faith or not, internally, if you actually listen, you will know where you need to go. And these outside voices, if they're wise voices, you can have, you can have some good influences in your life. We need outside voices, but we have to be careful about who we're listening to because they can take us down the path they want for our life. And it's not going to be satisfying at all. I think it's all your perspective too, when you're listening to the outer voices, because it depends upon you, whatever you are interpreting, whatever meaning you're making for yourself. That's very important too. (laughs) Yes. Talking about communication, world of listening. That's exactly right. But I do have a question. So, so one thing you said is you were persistent when you went to the professor. You shifted careers, right? But there was a persistent factor there that you didn't give up. So what's the difference? When do you persist and when do you not persist? How did you decide? Right. Well, and I've made that decision a lot throughout life. And it sounds like, Vinka, you've done the same thing where it's like, well, I'm going to go here. And when do you know when to shift and go with like, literally go with the flow of life. (laughs) I'm not just telling people to relax and go with the flow, but like, how do you actually know how to go with the flow of life? Um, And I think that there's a lot of internal awareness and a a deeper concept of understanding who you want to be in the world. And so if you know, kind of like, if I know that I I love to bake, we've established that in the introduction, right? (laughs) I love to bake. And if I want to bake, uh, say, huckleberry muffins, I'm going to be gathering all the right ingredients, but wow, I don't have huckleberries. Whoops. So now I'm grabbing blueberries. Like you always, if you know what you ultimately want, if you know ultimately who you want to be in the world, the rest of it are just like little ingredients to help get you there, to help you evolve into that person. And so it's really not a matter of, am I doing it right or wrong? It's, is this the right ingredient? Oh, wait, wait, I need a little pinch more salt. <laughs> like, and so you can kind of just flex in that direction, in that way. So let me ask you another question. You have so many thoughts every second, right? So how do you differentiate between the thoughts and the inner voice? When do you know, okay, this is my intuition. This is my inner voice. And this is aligned to my path. I'm going to follow this and not all the garbage thoughts I've been having since morning. That, I think, takes a lot of practice. And I think that people have to be very kind to themselves. I will say that listening to my intuition 
is something that I'm actually, I, I believe I'm actually learning how to do for the first time ever, which sounds really funny with this conversation, but to learn, learning to trust my intuition in and of itself is, um, that's scary. So let's break that apart, right? It's easy to follow faith. Oh, I believe God's calling me to do this. I believe that this is like a greater calling, blah, blah, blah. That's, that can be an easy thing because you feel like you have God or whatever you believe on your side. But when you are listening to your deeper intuition, that intuition that's hardwired into you, that's when a lot of self-doubt comes in. Am I really hearing that? Is that really it? Is it? And so you start to play these mind games with yourself. And so I've been reading some books recently that, that are talking about this topic specifically. And I've been testing, I've been testing my intuition a bit more. (laughs) So it's interesting. It's really probably not the best um, answer for that question, but I do believe that people have to learn how to trust themselves. And, you know, for me, I do believe I have a very deep faith in God. And I know that God also gave me a really great brain and a lot of really great experiences for me to make decisions based off of. And I, I need to learn how to trust myself as well. Obviously, you went back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, now you're into multifamily. So how did that come about? Well, we had been investing in real estate. Yes. Um, my husband and I had. And we had sold. Um, the, we didn't have a ton of properties, but we sold them. And I said, we don't want to do single family. We, we, there's got to be a better way to invest and we want to do something different. And so I got really bored. <laughs> I was teaching once again and I have to have my hands full. And so I was teaching and I, as if that's not a lot on your plate already and being a wife and mom and all that. But, um, I just looked at my husband and said, listen, I need to be investing again. I need, I need this part of my life. That's part of who I am. We need to be doing this. And so he actually, he said, you know, why don't you figure out what you think we should invest in? And so I started doing the Kool-Aid like everyone else with bigger pockets. I drank gallons of bigger pockets podcasts. It was great. And Monique Calm came on. She was the first woman. I tell the story all the time because it's it's as foundational as my faith testimony. And she's like my real estate testimony for syndication. And I'm driving to the gym and I had been lamenting there aren't any women on. And then she's on and she starts explaining syndication. And that's where I saw, like we were talking about when all your pieces, components in your life get locked together, you become unstoppable. Well, I hear her Monique explaining real estate syndication. And I felt a little frustrated that I'd been in the real estate world for all these years and I'd never heard about real estate syndication. Um, As an educator, you know, that lends itself really well to being able to help people understand the concept of syndication and then the heart and the care for people and their livelihood. I'm like, oh my goodness, all of my worlds come together. This is exactly what I want. Every, I always say, I feel like Oprah, everybody needs to win. Like you win and you win. Like I want everybody winning. And this is through syndication. I saw like everybody can win. And then that's how the path began, but I've taken a slower path than everybody else. And I'm not, it's been a very difficult path on one hand, because when you see some other people kind of positioned and and postured in ways that we would perceive as better, or more advanced, that can play mind tricks on you. And you have to be really comfortable and say, I I remind myself all the time, I'm doing this in a systematic way intentionally 
because this is what I believe and I don't need to go at the same pace as everybody else and other someone else's success is not reflective of my success or Mm -hmm. failure. Yeah. So that's how I got into real estate syndication. And then the reason I've gone slower, I would say is I really took the time to explore like, okay, I really want to go to seminars and learn about this. Okay. I really want to take my own 401k money and I want to convert that. And I want to try this. If I'm going to go and tell people that this is something I should do, I want to experience this first. Oh, I want to experience having my own, um, infinite banking account, which goes by so many other names, but let me see how setting that up. Let me go down that path. So I've taken, let me passively invest. Let me, I, I started to go down these paths, um, to have these experiences as a repertoire as like little mile markers so that I can understand, um, the people that I want to invest in my offerings. I want to be able to understand what they're feeling. I want to understand some of the questions that they need, some of the things that they need to have aligned on the front end so that they can be successful. Because isn't that what we want? I mean, the whole point I just said was I want everybody to win. And if I go into it and I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how I'm going about it and I'm just saying, oh, you should do this and you should do that. I, <laughs> I'm not leading them down the path of least resistance necessarily. You said it came all together. So define what's all together. But what are those things that all came together for you? Well, that's a passion project. So that in the um, investing that my husband and I did, Mm -hmm. the real heart behind it was if we are the landlords, we can decide who who our tenants can be. Mm -hmm. And everybody doesn't look good on paper. And some people are coming out of difficult situations and they need someone to believe in. Or some Mm -hmm. people, they end up having a mark on their record and you could argue left and right about what those are. You could have someone that, um, you know, on their la- their label is sex offender. And you know what? That could have been like 40 years ago and they're this completely different person. But they have to live with that the rest of their lives. Like, how do you engage these people so that they have somebody standing in the gap where here's a home that you can rent? And here's this. So that was really a huge heart behind why we were invested in um, residential real estate. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw the um, syndication model, it was, oh my goodness, we can help a lot of people in really, really huge ways. (laughs) Like we, not just in residential, I can help one person, one family or one, you know, it's, it's this limited number, but if we have an apartment complex, we can assist and help. And, um, you know, and maybe not every single unit is something special, but, you know, we have that opportunity to help people live really great lives. And we have an opportunity to create an atmosphere. And so um, that was like the huge point. That's like a huge part of why I love investing in general, in real estate. Um, this is why I'm a huge, uh, I just launched the Impact Investing Network with my friend Camilla Jeffs. Um, and that is like, how are we impacting communities? Because if we can have our investors win, if they're putting their money into this offering and their their dollar is doing double work. So this is all why I love, this is how it all comes together, right? Like, so you have your investor and their money is not just, you know, parked in one investment. Their money is investing in this apartment, 
and doing amazing, purposeful good in this in this community. Meanwhile, they're getting a profit. So their dollar is doing like lots of extra work. And then those residents are winning. And when residents win, communities win. It's like everybody is winning. And this is what I think that we need more of in this world is how do we create situations where everyone can be successful? Successful meaning they have an opportunity to lead a life that will allow them to develop into the next version of themselves. Very well said. I like that. So what is next for you? Where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? Wow. Um, I'm excited. I see myself serving and helping a lot of a lot of people in different ways. So I'm really excited. The Impact Investing Network is a powerful opportunity. Um, and it's such a fledgling um, networking group that we have a vision to take this as a global model. And so to be able to create some blueprints that investors can just plug and play in their communities so that, you know, it's sometimes challenging to figure out how do I match purpose and profits and they are not mutually exclusive, but how do I make that happen? And so if we can, you know, align investors and create some blueprints and have some uh, think tank sessions so that people can be successful. We want to take that model globally. So that's a, this is a huge drive of mine right there. Growing up in California, living in Colorado's front range as it was developing. Um, I've seen what happens firsthand when cities develop and they don't develop well and they push out the workforce and they push a lot of people around in really, um, it creates a lot of difficulty that people people are often um, oblivious to. And so finding solutions to these problems um, in communities, uh, like that makes my heart go wild, absolutely wild. This is why I love, love real estate because the solutions are there. Um, so I see that being a huge part of, uh, of where I'm going over the next five to 10 years. I got a follow-up question on that. So how do you fulfill your teaching? passion? Yeah, well, that's a great question with another great answer. I run a book club. Mm -hmm. I did not sign up to run a book club. This is hilarious. This is the most organic group that's ever begun, right? So I decided uh, you leverage, leverage your, uh, your strengths and weaknesses, right? I know that I'm a people pleaser. I know that I'll work harder for someone else than I will for myself. And you know what? If you're listening to that and you think that's crazy, you better stop and do some serious reflecting because most human beings are hardwired like that. Um, I'm really not that unique. But I was leveraging that last December. I thought, I really want to read Brendan Burchard's High Performance Habits, but I don't know that I'm actually going to stick with it. And I want to implement this and just try this model out in my life. So I, I just you know, threw it out there to a group and invited people to read the book with me, what I call outside accountability. So if I want it, it's right, I'm leveraging that people pleaser with myself. I'm like, well, I want to please people and I know how to teach and organize information. Therefore, I'll leverage all of that. And next thing you know, we're on like book number five now. And really the book club is serving it really well, that, that teacher component, as well as investors need education. Investors who want, and I particularly like investors who don't know about real estate syndication. I feel like I, 
my goal is to be this lifeline to people who aren't familiar with that model or aren't comfortable with the terminology. And they can come in and I can use silly analogies like the pizza and this and that, you know, just to, to bring it out of, we talk in industry terms and we have our own dialect. And so to be able to put it in normal people terms, that's how I, I continually engage that teacher. <laughs> that's good. So do you fear anything in life? Gosh, I grew up in fear and um, fear is so, so much of fear is just in our mind in these, these stories and narratives that we tell ourselves. And, the, and when you free yourself from those, those negative narratives and you realize that opportunity is, is through fear, like you won't get anything that you want in life. You will never feel, I'm going to be bold and say you won't feel satisfaction in life if you are unwilling to push past fear. So I think I've been flexing that muscle quite a bit over, over the years. So I had to come to terms with fear because it had controlled my childhood. And, and I had a very good childhood. It wasn't by nature of anything negative happening. I grew up in a, a very nice little bubble, bubble world, I call it. But um, it has more to do with just me learning how to understand my thoughts and if you're listening to this and you don't have control of your thought life, I would encourage you to understand that you, this is a, a newer realization of my own is we don't control the thoughts that come into our mind. We constantly have thoughts that are just constantly coming to our minds. It's what we choose to latch on to. And so let the negative thoughts go and latch on to the good thoughts or the thoughts that are going to give you the power to push through and persist and to uh, reach where you want to go. Yes. What's the one nugget you can share? Don't be afraid to become the next version of yourself. Now we move on to our vibe rapid fire round. So we have five questions. Uh, we expect to answer in one sentence or one word only. This is the best part for me. <laughs> one sentence or one word. Who was the most influential person in your life? Mm, my dad. What is the best book you have read or recommend? Currently, The Alchemist. What is your biggest passion? Serving others. In one word, what does life mean to you? Love. What is your favorite food? Eggs. All right, Julie, how can people reach out to you? Reach out to me at julieholly.com. It ties all of my eclectic worlds from my investing to my podcast, to my book clubs, to coaching, whatever it is that you need, just go to julieholly.com. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. As promised, I have a free ebook for you. Seven reasons why real estate syndications build long-term wealth. Please go to my website, www.lumbainvest.com to download your free copy. Please tune into our weekly podcast, Vibe, Mind, Body, and Entrepreneurship. If you're listening live, please give us hashtag live. And if you are replaying, please give our podcast hashtag replay and give us a five-star rating. Also, if you like to learn about passive investing, please feel free to join our investors club by filling out the investor qualification form at www.lumbainvest.com. See you next week in the next episode with another awesome guest. We'd we'll love to hear from you and get your feedback. Please follow us on the social media and connect with us on LinkedIn and Facebook.